pray this finds you having a wonderful day and uh, looking forward to getting into this new set of studies. Uh, we finished up talking about prayer and faith uh, last week, and we're going to start a new journey through Scripture, and we're going to be looking at the miracles of Jesus. Now, we're probably not going to look at every single one of them, um, and I'm not looking at them in any specific order. I'm just taking them, uh, and we're going to look at specific ones and see what scripture teaches us from it. Um, again, I think that um, if you know that kind of how I like to do things, I like to be able to look at the humanity um, that we see in scripture. Uh, I like to be able to look at uh, the story that's really going on and um, being able to see some of the little intricate details um, from the story. So that's kind of where we're going to be going. If you want to have uh, your Bible open to the book of Mark, chapter 1. Um, we're going to be looking at this miracle, and it is uh, Jesus cleansing the leper. And I think it's a wonderful story um, because we're able to see so much in this. And uh, we'll start off in verse 39. It says, uh, He, Jesus, went into all of Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Now, we see how busy Jesus is and how active he is when doing ministry. I think sometimes because I don't want to say that there's a lapse but because of just kind of reading through scripture I, I don't know that we really understand the depth of ministry that Jesus did day in and day out. Um, it wasn't one of those things to where Jesus just kind of went and healed somebody and then he kind of hung out for a little while Jesus was very active in his ministry. Um, that's why we uh, see that, you know, if everything that Jesus had ever done, um, there wouldn't be enough um, books to contain it. Um, he is constantly and actively doing ministry. So what we find here is that he's been preaching numerous sermons because, again, we see that the word synagogues is plural there so he's been preaching in the synagogues so it's been multiple and he's driving out demons so this could have been that he had one person who had multiple demons or it could have been that there was multiple people who had a demon and so he was very active in this he's uh, preaching multiple times a day he's performing miracles and Jesus has to be tired and he has to be wore out I know that I just preached three times um, on Sunday and I am absolutely spent by the time Sunday evening rolls around and so I can't even imagine how that uh, Jesus doing all of this stuff right here in one day casting out demons and preaching multiple sermons how he's not completely wore out and so you know he's got to be tired he had had a full day of ministry and I would guess he's probably ready to rest He's probably ready to just kind of hang it up for the day. And all of a sudden, in verse 40, it says, Then a man with leprosy came to him. This is not something simple, okay? Uh, and I don't want to um, make this sound insignificant, but th this is not your person coming with the common cold and just saying, Hey, Jesus, you know, can you help me to feel better? Um when someone was discovered to have leprosy, they were completely cast out, cut off, and, and shamed. 
uh, and they were shunned. Um, there was oftentimes that there would just be a specific place outside the city that if you had leprosy, you would go to and you would be inside of that encampment, if you will. And you were cut off from all human contact. Um, it was it was pitiful um, what would happen. And part of that was because they had no cure. Um, if you were diagnosed with leprosy, um, and I, it was in essence a death sentence. And so you really didn't have any other option. Um, they were considered unclean, and no one wanted to be around them. Um, if somebody had leprosy, like I said, they were they were kind of shunned and put off. Um, they were viewed as, you know, contaminated, and people would um, scream, unclean, unclean, if they seen them coming around. And so, you know, not only did you have the weight of dealing with this disease that was so difficult. Because, I mean, it, it was just, in essence, I mean, it's kind of like eating your flesh. Um, so not only did you have this horrible, painful disease that you had to deal with, but you had to deal with the fact that people viewed you um, as just almost like an, an alien kind of figure. I mean, they they didn't see you as human anymore. They saw you as this just contaminated specimen that just had to be put out of uh, human contact. I mean, the level of isolation and aloneness that this disease made you feel. Um, I don't know that we could fully understand it. It's not just the fact that you were sick, but it was the fact that you were sick and no one wanted to be near you. Um, you had to be isolated, in essence, with this disease. And I don't know of anything mentally or emotionally more traumatizing than that. Um, This was significant. This was very significant. And um, so now, let's look in, let's continue looking here in verse 40. (coughs) So a man with leprosy came to him on his knees and begged him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, let's really look at this and see what happened. So, he has come to Jesus. There's two things that we need to see with this. If he's come to Jesus, more than likely what's happened is he has heard what's going on. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to a point to where you are desperate. Um desperation will cause people to do outlandish things. When you are desperate for something, you are grasping at straws. Um, And we see this throughout Scripture with a lot of different people that are um, sick or dealing with things. Uh, We're going to get to her eventually. Uh, but one that comes to mind immediately is the woman with the issue of blood. Uh, she was desperate. Um, and desperation will cause you to break uh, social norms. It'll make you break taboos down. It'll make you do anything uh, if you are desperate. And this man was. Um, and the reason why I say that is because he should not have been out in the open. He could have been um, potentially killed. Um uh, I would dare say that no one would want to arrest him 
because, again, they would not want to touch him with the fact that he had leprosy. So he could easily have been killed because he would have been seen as jeopardizing all the other citizens because here he is with this contamination, with this disease that can spread, and he is uh, just wandering around in public. And they see that as, as, you know, something that is harmful. So this man had a lot of bravery in his desperation to just be able to go and find Jesus because I'm sure that he's heard of Jesus' preaching. I've heard, I'm sure he's heard of um, some of the other healings um, that have taken place um, up to this point, and I'm sure he's heard of the demons being cast out because, again, word would spread very quickly uh, when these miracles would take place. And I don't know about you, but if I'm sitting here and I've got some kind of disease and I hear that there's a guy who is going around town and he can cast out demons, daggone, I'm going to go try this guy out. I'm going to try it and I'm going to see what can happen. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, well, you know, I wish he could, ca- I wish he could get rid of leprosy because, no, I would say, I'm going to go try it. I'm going to go hunt this guy down and I'm going to see what he can do for me. And so we see that from his perspective, but this is what I love the most. We see the man's perspective in desperation, but what do we see from Jesus? We see that Jesus was approachable. And this is important because one of the things that I will tell you, there's a lot of people who aren't approachable. And I'll I'll take it a step further. There are a lot of pastors that aren't approachable. And when you can get to the point to where you think that you need an entourage or you get to the point to where you're not able to be around the common folk, um, there's a problem. And what we find from Jesus is here's a guy who was preaching multiple sermons through the day. He was casting out demons. Amongst the crowd, he would be considered a rock star. And Jesus, he never allowed himself to be above the people. He never saw himself as that. And see, that's one of the things. You can believe your own hype. You can have all kinds of people coming up to you and telling you, wow, you are amazing, you are awesome. And you can start, you know, feeding from that trough and start believing your own hype. And when you do, I'm telling you, you become unapproachable. As a pastor, if you aren't approachable by your congregation, something's wrong. If your congregation doesn't feel like they can come to you and talk to you about anything. They can come and share anything with you. That that they can come and sit down and talk with you. There's something really wrong. If you have to make sure that there's only certain people who can see you and other people who can't, I'm telling you, man, you're wrong. You're just wrong. I'm sorry. Because what we find from Jesus is he was always approachable. And he didn't look at this guy and say, hey, you know what? I have been preaching all day long. I've been casting out demons all day long. I'm tired. Can can I see you tomorrow? Can we book in an appointment tomorrow? You don't see that. Jesus was willing to be approached right then. What's the next thing? This man comes, and he gets on his knees. What we see here is humility. Now, I'm going to tell you, I dare say, this is in the beginning of Jesus' ministry here. It's not like this guy knew that he was the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. He just knew that this was a guy who was able to cast out demons and heal people. And I don't think that he was bowing down. I don't think he was getting on his knees because he knew that Jesus was the Son of God. 
I think he was on his knees because he was desperate. And he was showing humility by saying, listen, I don't care what I have to do. I just want to be healed. I think that's where he's at. I think what he's doing is he's sitting down and saying, I am at your mercy. I will do whatever you want me to do. I am surrendered to your will. I want to show that kind of humility. Look at the next thing he does. He ends up begging him. And I think this is where the surrender comes in. So he comes to Jesus. He gets on his knees and he begins to beg for him to be to, to heal him. And what we see here is absolute desperation. And we see that this man understood this might be my last option. This might be the only thing that I've got. And I've got to put all my eggs in this basket. Notice what his statement is. His statement isn't, God, here I am with leprosy. Or, or you know, I, again, I don't think that he understood he was God in the flesh. But to be able to sit down and say, Rabbi, you know, here I am. I've got leprosy. I need you to do something now. He wasn't demanding about anything. He wasn't um, forceful with anything. He simply looked at Jesus and said, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, again, I'm, a, I'm, I'm 100% positive. This man did not know this was the, the Son of God. He just knew this guy could do some special things. He had heard of the healings. He had heard of the demon possession being um, taken care of. And this shows that this man saying, Listen, I'm putting my faith in you. I have heard these things about you. And if you can do that, then I know you can do this. Now, I don't know that this man has any record that someone can be able to just heal leprosy. Again, leprosy is one of those just kind of bad diseases that once you get it, it's, it's just a death sentence. But this guy says, listen, I trust you. I'm putting all my faith in you. If you are willing, I know you can do this for me. See, this shows faith and surrender by him saying, if you're willing. It, it, it's not a matter of my faith. And see, this is what I think is beautiful. This man's saying, listen, it's not a matter of my faith. I'm putting all my faith in you. It's if you choose to heal me. It's all up to you. Because he said, I'm coming to you and I'm putting everything that I have on you. And look in verse 41. Moved with compassion. This is an important statement because I want, I want to make sure that we get this. Because this is where a lot of us today as Christians aren't. Jesus allowed hurt and brokenness to affect him. I don't want you to miss that. Jesus allowed hurt and brokenness to affect him. One of the things that we try to do is we try to shy away from hurt and brokenness. We don't like it. It makes us uncomfortable. We don't like to see broken situations. What we want to do is we want to immediately fix it rather than be able to walk with someone in it. I know Johnny Hunt made a statement one time. He said, uh, never waste your hurts. And I think what happens is when we're hurting, when we're broken, when we're, um, uh, when we're just shattered inside, we want God to fix it immediately because we think it's uncomfortable. We don't like it. And we see someone in a difficult situation, and we want to just fix it and get it over with. But the, the thing is, is a lot of times God wants to be able to allow them to walk through that journey of brokenness in order to see him more clearly. And sometimes it's only in the hurt that we can really truly see Jesus 
in ways that, that he wants us to. And so Jesus here is moved with compassion upon this man. He's not saying, you know what, I'm tired, I'm wore out, I ain't got time for this. All right, be healed. No, he makes this very uh, intimate. He is moved with compassion upon this man. And then notice what else it says. Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. You cannot have compassion except allowing someone's situation to affect you. Jesus didn't let this man's condition repulse him, scare him, or turn him aside. Jesus was, I mean, normally whenever you see someone, again, we said it a little bit earlier, when when they would see someone with leprosy, they would scream, unclean, unclean. So that way to make sure that everybody knew not to get near him. And here Jesus is so moved with compassion, he didn't let this guy's condition repulse him. He didn't look at it and say, oh gosh, you got leprosy, I can't touch you, I can't be near you. See, what happens sometimes is we see people's brokenness and we, we don't like it and we don't want to be involved in it and we just kind of, you know, ah, I don't know that I want to go there. That one's just too ugly for me. Jesus never saw a situation that was too ugly. Jesus never saw a situation that was too broken. And if we want to be Christ-like, then we've got to be able to have his eyes when we're looking at things like this. And notice what happened here. Again, I told you that these people with leprosy would often be put in this kind of like compound where nobody could be near him. Nobody could touch him. And it says that Jesus reached out his hand and he touched this man. I don't know how long this man has had leprosy, but this is the first physical touch he's had since he was diagnosed with leprosy. Can you imagine what that would have felt like to know that he's got human contact again? I mean, we were built for relationships. We were. I mean, we, we, were, we were not built for isolation. We were built for relationships, human contact. And Jesus reaches out and touches this man, and notice what he says, I'm willing. I'm willing to take care of you. I'm willing to heal you. See, lepers were not to be touched, but Jesus said, I want to touch you. I want you to know that you matter. I want you to know that my goal is to be in relationship. Not religion, but relationship. See, Jesus showed his compassion in action by touching the leper and healing him. Jesus didn't just kind of look at it and say, okay, yeah, 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 be healed. And he walked off. Jesus made himself get involved in what was going on. See, in order for us to really be effective when it comes to being a follower of Christ, we have to get involved. And sometimes it's uncomfortable. Just being honest, sometimes it's uncomfortable to get involved. It's uncomfortable when we get involved in people's brokenness. But that's what we have to do. That's what we're seeing here with Jesus. He's showing compassion because of the brokenness that's going on. And so he takes this man who nobody else wanted to be near. Nobody else wanted anything to do with. And Jesus says, I want relationship with you. And he heals this man. And we see in the rest of the story that Jesus says, you know, hey, make sure that you go because, you know, at the same time, you know, he wasn't um, really, you know, letting everybody know he was the son of God. So he says, you know, go to the priest and, and go through the um, uh, offerings of Moses and, you know, don't tell anybody what's happened. But man, this guy was so excited he couldn't help it. And he goes out and he starts telling everybody what's happened. Um, and that's what it's about. It's about being able to just be used. And so I pray that this has given you some insight in um, what we see when it comes to miracles, that it's not just simply a healing, 
but we're seeing that Jesus wants to get involved. And, you know, that's what we're going to find through this is that a lot of the miracles are going to deal with people's brokenness. And that's why Jesus came. Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. Um, you know, he told the uh, Pharisees, he said, it's not the, uh, the, the well that need a physician, it's the sick. And we've got a lot of brokenness around us, whether it's through sickness, whether it's through um, uh, discouragement, depression, isolation, loneliness, um, difficult situations, broken homes. Uh, it's everywhere. It's all around us. And it's one of those things that Jesus wants us to get involved. And so I pray that this has challenged your heart and helping you to, to look at the people around you and the situations around you to be able to say, how can I get involved and how can I do some things? So uh, most of all, I pray that if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, that you would understand Jesus loves you. He died on a cross for your sins and mine. Um, he was buried in a tomb, rose on the third day, and he's coming back to get us and to spend all eternity with him. Um, and if you want to know more, I encourage you to either contact me or find somebody that uh, you know is a follower of Christ and talk to him about what it means to be saved. Um, I also pray that if this has been a blessing to you, that you would um, go to whatever platform that you've got and write a review and give a rating uh, to help this podcast to get out there a little bit more to be an encouragement to some people. And uh, I pray that it challenges you today to uh, go out and make a difference. So I uh, look forward to next week as we get into our next miracle that we're going to see Jesus do in Scripture.